Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Personalization Outbreak Podcast, where we delve deep into the essence of organizational and individual transformation in search of new ways to drive growth through people. Now, in today's episode, Janet Casey joins us. She's a trailblazing visionary who has shattered barriers and refined and redefined success in the agency world. Now, Janet inspires us through her remarkable entrepreneurial journey and unwavering commitment to empowering women as entrepreneurs. Now, Janet reveals powerful insights that enable personal fulfillment, workplace empowerment, and the unlimited potential that lies within each and every one of us. Now, before we get started, please click the like button below, share it with your colleagues, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and social media at Glenn Yopis. Let's get started. You are listening to Personalization Outbreak, a podcast about the collapse of traditional corporate standards in today's more personalized world. I'm Glenn Yopis. I'm a leadership strategist, author, contributor to Forbes, and founder of the Leadership in the Age of Personalization movement. On this show, I'm interviewing executives across multiple sectors to find out how the balance between standardization and personalization can exist. Janet, welcome to the show. We've been waiting for this moment. Our audience is in for the treat, for a big treat. Thanks for joining us today. Oh my gosh, Glenn. Thank you so much. What an introduction. I will never live up to that, but I'm really excited to talk to you today. Well, if there's one thing I've learned about you is that people matter. Yeah. But what we're going to do today is go really to the end game of what your passion for people has led you to achieve. Now, I know that you've created a multi-million dollar agency, of course, yeah. specializing in media planning and media buying. Why is that revenue number so important? Why is that such an achievement in the agency space? Now, I, I just want to tee this up for our audience. This is not about self-promotion. There's actually a very interesting data point that Janet brought to my attention that I think uh, you as our audience will find interesting too. Why is this such a significant achievement, Janet? Well, first of all, Glenn, thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you because you're another bullish professional who's ready for the next thing, which I'm always ready for the next thing. Yeah, in our agency space, first of all, um, let's just talk about the fact that I'm a woman. I own 100% of this company. I never planned it. I ended up walking through the door backwards and realizing this is what I was going to do once I had my kids. So we're celebrating 20 years this year. So there's, I want to shout out all the women out there doing it. I have kids, I have the whole, I have aging parents, I have the whole ball of wax. So Forbes published a statistic, I don't know when, but I pinned it up behind me and it says less than 2% of women-owned businesses break $1 million. And we are, that is well in our rear view mirror. We're in the tens, multiple tens of millions of dollars. So, you know, being a woman brings its own challenges, but also in the agency space, the vast majority of agencies, and the number varies, but it's well over 50%, probably well over 75% of agencies are less than a million dollars. It's like a three-person creative shop, a little SEO shop, a website developer. We all, you know, uh, people that do jingles, there's, there's 
tens of thousands. The numbers are that there's 85,000 agencies in the United States, and just a small sliver of them are over a million dollars. So to reach where we are is not for the faint of heart. You have to pass through all these barriers you don't ever see coming. You have to, you have to have the backing, the financing, the technology, the I mean, I could go on, we could do a whole podcast on what makes people get to that level. But thank you for acknowledging that. In our space, we have campaigns in 50 states and 12 countries live right now in our space. That's an important credential for certain advertisers. So Janet, what matters to you as a leader? I mean, as, as a leader, what matters to you? And why is it that you care so much about your people? So we are in professional services, just like you are, Glenn. It's like we, we're not making widgets down a manufacturing line every day that we're trying to sell. Professional services mean that people buy our expertise. So who I am as a person, I am very social. I'm an Enneagram type three for any of you who follow that trend, which means I'm all about achieving. I'm all about socializing. I'm all about bonding with people, learning together. and. In our company, one of our core values is that we are good at, and that means we do the right thing even when it's not convenient. In our team, we have a team of overachievers. They call in our business. We belong to a lot of peer groups. We go to a lot of conferences. We know other agencies from all around the country, all around the country and the world, actually. Our next conference is in Tokyo. Um, we are known as the people who led school projects. And I think we all know what that kind of person is. It's a person who will pick up the ball for people who drop it without saying anything, who will take the onus on themselves to set deadlines and to lead or to step back if someone else has the better idea. And that's really who we are and who I am as a leader. And my whole team will tell you this. I want to have fun every day. Like when I come through the door, I skip in the door. And this goes back to when I worked in broadcast television on 100% commission for years. I've never gotten a salary in my life. I skip through the door and I love this business. I love marketing. I love advertising. I love everything about it. I think it's fun. And we laugh here every day. Even on our worst days, we find something to laugh about and to enjoy. So when people look at our company, they're hiring our group of people. And we spend up to a third of our time on continuing ed because it's the wild west here, Glenn, in media. It is. You've seen the news about TikTok and, you know, the scrutiny Facebook's under and Google is, you know, we don't know how the algorithm changes. They're not transparent. They don't let us know. We're always guessing, guessing, guessing at what to do with our clients' money. And it's this space is crazy. It's like for lunatics like us, where you have to constantly learn and test and learn and test and our our team loves it we just love it i feel like it's the gold rush and we're ahead of almost everybody on the gold rush like we've taken the right cues the right signals the right tools we're looking at the right maps and it's crazy so so janet let's shift again because you said um we do the right thing you know knowing something's right isn't enough to start doing what's right and knowing something's wrong isn't enough to stop doing it. How do you continue to do the right thing? Yeah. So, you know, we have clients that come to us and say, we want to, I'm going to, I'm going to make up an example, but we have one right now. That's very hot. We want to market for, to affluent people. Okay. They want to market whatever they want to market to affluent people. 
And then our team, our onboarding team doubles down. We get access to everything they have and we conduct our own proprietary research. So we always, this tends to always happen to us, Glenn, because we're lucky this way. We usually have to go back to the client with that, your baby's ugly message where we say, the biggest consumers of your product and the biggest consumers of your product where you make your margins and pay the light bills are not affluent. It's not, you're not who you might want to be. You may, you may be aspirational in that, but you're really, really making your money on the everyday person, the average Joe, middle class, maybe blue color. And if you want to continue with all of our campaigns and everything we promised you for metrics and goals and conversions and margins, if we're going to hit that, we're not going after affluent people. We're in, you know, you could also say, yeah, we'll go after affluent people um, and not tell them any of that. And then you turn and burn clients. So we are the truth tellers. We are, there's so much data. Every, it seems like everything's trackable, even billboards. All those cars going past billboards, in the cars, people have phones and we can now tell the truth about things you never thought you could measure before. So we tend to have to present the truth to our clients. And some of them are right on the money, but most of them are really speculating about where they're making their money, how they're making their money, what creative performs well, what doesn't perform well. And we have to serve them up what's actually happening. So how do you um, engage in what I call healthy tension with a client? I mean, look, there's certain things that we could all learn from one another, but how do you tell a client that, you know, maybe all their ideas and their grand visions aren't what they really are? Yeah, great question. Great question. So, you know, we like to show our clients their own metrics in a different way than they're used to seeing them. Most mm. clients will look at, say, a monthly report. They'll read it the first month cover to cover. And then the second month, they'll read the executive summary. And then they go unopened for forever. And we love to circle back with clients and say, hey, this creative that you didn't love is doing the best and you need to produce more creative like that. Look at all the numbers. See this pie of all the clients that you got? See the big piece in red? That is from the creative you really weren't that interested in and you didn't think it was your future. That's what people are looking to you for. So we always present with the data and say to clients, we'll do whatever you want us to do but the data is leading you this way or that way. And, and it's told us stories that clients didn't really want to hear, especially we love to do a share of voice or a competitive landscape um, mm. report for our clients. We'll show everyone in the category and show what we're doing the best at. And their perceptions are, it's very rare to have a client say, that's exactly what I thought you'd tell me. I am so happy to hear everything you're saying. I don't even remember the last time that happened. So. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, evidence at this point. We present clients with their own information. So why is it that you have this hustle in your heart? I mean, I could hear it in your voice. What is it that what is it about the way you see the world that adds this dimension of positivity and uh, and hope? into your culture. I mean, we're living at a time right now. Let me remind you this, Janet, because maybe you maybe it's hard for you to see this because of the momentum that you continue to build in your organization. There's a lot of people not not 
aren't, they aren't feeling so hopeful these days and organizations are trying to re-energize their culture and get people to start believing again. How do you take that hustle in your heart to create a culture of not just caring, but truth? Yeah, thank you for asking that. that and thank you for that compliment because sometimes I don't see that in myself, but um, once I leave the house or leave the office, I definitely feel like someone who's bullish. Um, even in COVID, COVID hit, we shut down and I said to myself, you know, there's going to be a lot of business out there to grab in public health because we have a pandemic and other people may, you know, retreat inside of themselves and scale back and weather it out. But not us, not us, baby. We're going to go for all of that and we're going to put our thinking caps on and we're going to lead the charge here. And our business was up 80 percent in 2020. So we are very bullish people. But um I, I just think my dad was a salesman from very humble back. He has very humble beginnings in Arkansas. Um, no one handed him a college education. He went to the military and met my mother. And out of the two of them, my mother was from a farm in New England and my dad was from the cotton fields and, you know, a single parent in Arkansas. And they are hustlers and happy people. Like they're folksy, help your neighbors. Don't make excuses. Don't make excuses if you drop the ball, screw it up, say the wrong thing. Know that everybody does that and move on to tomorrow. So my dad had three jobs when I was younger, never com ever complain. Out of that three jobs, he whittled down to his favorite one in sales. And I watched him, there's no technology. He's on the phone and he was going to see his clients on weekends and nights and remembering their kids' graduations and coming home and saying, oh my God, I really like this couple that just opened a business that's buying our product. And let me tell you about both of them. And he would sit down and talk to my brother and I about all of that. And my mother was a nurse and she worked in mental health and she worked with veterans. And my mother was always positive too. And she was spent all of her free time donating her RN services to veterans groups, community groups, taking blood pressures at the, I mean, we are just a family who that that's how we see the world as being part of the solution. So I don't get to relax at the end of the day. Like we just had, you know, a holiday week and everybody had an extra day off. And, you know, the last day of work, I didn't really get to relax until I kind of scrolled through in my mind. Is everything put to bed properly for all of our customers? Or as a good, is it at a good point where we can say, we, we now earned a break here. And I just got that from my parents. Like when it hits five o'clock here, or whenever we're done, we have a whole team of people who are like, are we good? Is everything good? Are we well positioned? Do we present everything? Or is everything good for our the few days off that we earned? And we all we all think about business first. We really do. And we love our business. We love it. But you know, Janet, you can't be this positive unless you've encountered some level of adversity. I mean, you have to have your feet on the floor and know that the world isn't perfect. I mean, tell us about some level of adversity that you've encountered and how did you overcome it? Because, you know, part of what is clear about yourself is that you trust yourself, you trust your instincts, but that really doesn't get put to the test until you've encountered some level of adversity. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of adversity, Glenn. I have, um, I had a son on a feeding tube for three years who if he walked in here right now, he's 12, you wouldn't know it, but he still is sort of facing the fallout from that. And my, I paid no attention to my business in those years. And we stayed 
we stayed right small where we are. And it was just me and one other person. And he came first. I didn't, I didn't care about my email, my phone while, while my precious son was born with very serious challenges. So, you know, first things first, right? First things first, you have your health and you have your family always comes before work. And for me, there's no excuses for that. And I expect that of my team too. If they're one of their immediate family needs them. I don't want you put your phone down. I, I want you attending to that. You can't be, you can't serve anyone until you take care of your health and your family. And professionally, I've had my challenges too. I'm going to tell you a little story, Glenn. We represent one of the largest brands in the country. If I said the name of the brand, you would say, I know exactly who they are. I see them in Target. I see them at the airport. I see them everywhere. And they just got a new C-suite, a whole new C-suite. And without ever introducing us to any of the new people they just gave us notice that they're bringing in another agency didn't even ask us to say hello didn't ask to meet us or anything and we have brought their metrics to the best they've ever had like because their past agencies work is documented in their dashboards we serve them so well and i had to come into the team and say they fired us and i came in and said i have great news for all of you we have tens of hours a week available to chase bigger, juicier clients that we are passionate about because this brand has is bringing in, a, their, their C-suite is bringing in a, a new group that they worked with in the past that they obviously love and get along with. And that frees up all kinds of time for us. And guess what, Glenn? They let us know this probably eight weeks ago. And because it freed up so much time here, we all went to work in our sales department and we have 4X our sales opportunities in second quarter to a number we've never seen in 20 years with juicy business right in our wheelhouse that we will destroy right out of the gate. And we are happy campers here. So what's the lesson learned? You know, every closed door brings an opportunity, don't you think? Like whether I want it closed or not, if it's closed, that door made a bad choice and I am going 10X on the next opportunity I get, right? That's the way Isn't it that who we are? Well, that's what, look, at the end of the day, we're, we should all be opportunity creators. Our metrics should be how many opportunities do we create every single day or, or, or do we plant the seeds towards creating? Um, we oftentimes have this glass half empty mentality that slows progress down. And this is what I love about your enthusiasm is that you're all about creating the next opportunity and the next opportunity, not just for your own fulfillment, but for those that you serve. And that takes me to this question. I mean, how do you fill the void in people's lives to keep them feeling passionate about not just what they do, but who they are? Because look, not everybody's like you, Janet. Not everybody's been given this gift of having this tremendous, not just a uh, gift for living, but, but, but there's a lot of people that uh, want to see and, and be who, not maybe just who you are, but want to you know, unleash their own individuality. How do you help them fill the voids in their lives that they're looking to fill themselves? Well, um, we have a couple of things that are part of our culture here. One is vision day where each employee in each department um, puts down on papers, so we can go back to it every year, our one year and five year vision for their job, for their department, for our company. We also have a hopes and dreams day um, twice a year 
where the number we survey the staff on put your work hat aside in your life what are your hopes and dreams and then we bring in all these experts to help them achieve it so one of the ones that we did that was so successful is a lot of people wanted to buy their first real estate piece of real estate property whether it was a condo a house so we brought in a, a mortgage banker to talk about your credit score how to apply how to know how much house then we brought in some realtors to talk about what mistakes do people make with their first home where are we going and when that series was done we had a big spurt of marketing doctor employees closing on their first homes quickly as soon as we were done and they it was their dream and a lot of them are in their 20s young early 20s late 20s and it gives them a skip in their step in our business in 60 to 90 days what we knew to be true back then will cost us money today and it will cost us our clients ROI and people need to be passionate when they come to work about whatever they pick to do here or honed in on that they bring secret sauce to. And in order to do that, when they walk through the door and put their personal life behind them, they have to be happy with what they've achieved in their personal life. Because if you're sitting here with your stomach turning and you're getting texts about the stress in the rest of your life, you're not gonna be on your game here. And we realize that. So we really try to mentor people to achieve their dreams, to stay ahead of, things they should stay ahead of personally and and how to like be present and to be plugged in and the people that we have here and I'm I'm not going to say every employee has worked out that's not true some people have been loved out the door and helped to find something that they like other people have said you guys are all crazy and I am not cut out for this like I am not riding this bus and I say thank you for telling us because this is for a certain type of person but the people that are here want to kill it. They want to own the space. They want to be in the gold rush. They want to be the first ones to the gold. They want to know where we're going. And that's our kind of person. And it's okay. It's okay to not be cut out for it. It's okay to be cut out for it. We have people that are incredible. They call us the people that led school projects, caffeinated overachievers. We are, we own that. So what's going to be your legacy in the next 20 years? And how do you start getting uh, your employees that you've inspired to be what they've become to start thinking about their own? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I know that I will look back on these years where I had young kids and aging parents and we grew like crazy and won all of these national awards. I know I will look back and think, how in the world did that, e like, how did that even happen? I can, I already feel that way sometimes. Like, what was the plate number of that bus that hit me yesterday? Because today's a new day and I don't remember. I think I'll look back on it thinking it, it was wild and it's wild every day. But when I'm done here and I'm already talking to my managers about what is phase three here, do you guys want to be part of the succession plan? Do you want to be part of the of any M&A we do? Do you want to be part of the next level? Because we're headed to the next level. Um, I will be out there helping women um, business owners. I will be out there helping them get the funding, get the attention, get the knowledge they need, get the networks they need so that they can make it to the level that 98% don't because that is not right. And that is my next chapter. So that's where you'll see me. At, you know, I don't know how many years that will be in, but that's where I'm headed. And how do you help uh, your employees start finding their own? Yeah. You know, we all talk about the parts of this business that we're jazzed about. And it's not always it's not always easy to see what's around the corner. 
but all of my employees spend up to a third of their time on continuing ed and they bring in like they'll they come with a sense of wonder and they come to our friday lunch and learn we all bring a bag lunch at noon on friday and we share everything that's going on in the business and they have that wild-eyed toddler thing and they're so just share what's happening and that's where i see my people either growing us in that or leading the industry in that and we give them the time that's my gift to them like we give them the time the resources to go and stay ahead of the curve and everyone votes with their feet right they don't have to stay here they can take everything we've invested in them and they can vote with their feet and go somewhere else and we've been very lucky that they've chosen to stay here for a long time we have our first ever employee taking a sabbatical for three weeks because she's been here more than five years and she's one of our industry leaders and she's going overseas um and she'll forget she has a job for three weeks and that's on the company and we love that so that's that's how we do it here that's our mindset it's all about growth and continuing education well janet i appreciate your time today always a pleasure you're so contagious and, and as we always leave the show when you lead in the age of personalization, you will see things that others don't. Do what others won't and keep pushing when prudence says quit. Thank you so Thank much, Glenn. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Personalization Outbreak. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. If you enjoyed the content, visit ageofpersonalization.com to check out our free streaming video series and learn how to get involved in the movement. I'm Glenn Yopis. I wish you a good day, and remember, without strategy, change is merely substitution, not evolution.